everybody. Welcome to this Thursday show. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. We are on the Frontline Gaming Network. I'm joined this evening by Adam Camilleri. Hello, everybody. Sweet Jesus, Pete. And special guest, Peter the Falcon Calissimo. Man, welcome to the show. Hey, why, guys. Why is Pete here, Paul? Why Long-time listener, first-time caller. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, seriously, welcome to the show, and you are filling in for Alan. Alan is a new dad, and so he's Woo! taking some time off. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing, and we wish him the best to him and the family. Uh, we certainly understand taking a little R&R with that type of event. Yeah, man, all the best to Alan and his family. Just had a beautiful baby girl. Absolutely wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we can't take a break, though, because we got to talk about the Lone Star Open happening this weekend. Uh, we have some folks. I don't know if you can see on the screen right now, but that is live from the event hall. And look, I know we had a mishap with a teleprompter last week. Uh, the, <laughs> there was no mishap. In the notes, there, was no mishap. there are 1,900 people there, but it's 100. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be 190 players this weekend, uh, which is an absolute stellar event. And we're keen to talk about it and then see how, you know, if the meta changes, how it develops, what what is the outcome of this event? We don't want to mm. jump the gun on that. We got to talk about what's going, what, who's going into this event, what list they're playing. Uh, and then we're going to we're going to make some calls on what we think is going to do well. Yeah, this thing's going to be a really big testing ground for the meta moving forward. I think it's going to be no surprises that the three big hitters are going to be here. What we expect to see will be Drakari Admex sisters and want to see the impacts that they have. But this is nine rounds with like a really strong field. And so a lot of these players are going to play each other. A lot of these top players playing these top factions are going to play each other and are going to play these factions again and again and again. So I will get a really good snapshot of how the lay of the land's looking past this. But Pete, what do you think going into this thing? What do I think? What do you, what, like, be more specific. Don't, don't, be, don't, not, bleh. none of these leading questions, Adam. What do you want me to say? You can't be self directive. <laughs> what do you think about this meta? Are you excited to see what happens here or are you down I'm the not, dumps? Not well, excited okay. at all. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the <laughs> factions that are bit. there. Let's, so, <laughs> yes, let's we, do it. Let's get a breakdown of what we were going to see there. Because look, this event, this is one of the events we're going to see good terrain. We're going to see great players. We're going to see people that know the missions. Uh, you know, mm. we're, we're going to see actual play out of this. I think it's going to come down less about the list itself, more about the pilots, and then when they encounter each other through which through the field, through the rounds, I think that's going to be really exciting to pay attention to. And I think I don't think like we're not going to have to wait until day two to see stellar knock down drag out matches that's so good that's going to be happening day one could be as quickly as round two but what is what's the faction breakdown adam what do we got there so i do want to point out and give uh pete the chance to have a little rant if you'd like but from what i could see about 60 players at the event 60 listed signed up players not checked in players um some of them have not registered what faction or what what they're bringing they have just haven't listed it so keep this that in mind a grain of salt with the the breakdown i give you is um seven admec 14 Necrons, 11 Drakari, 13 Death Guard, 6 Custodes, 1 Orc. Single, Waboy, Water Champion. Um, I've got his list down below to talk about as well. There could be more, but you know, someone just didn't write it down, didn't list there, it. There is more. There's definitely more. Ben Jurek's there, and he's got Orcs as well. Like, there you go. It, it's happening. Um, well, Ben, I mean, why, didn't you, why didn't you list it? We've got 12 Sisters as well, 3, three Towers, 6 Guard, 7 Combined Knights, as in Renegade and Imperial, and 31 Total Marines. But Pete, go. 
I mean, um, I think the big shock here is the lack of AdMech. Because I went through yeah. the lists that um, had been uploaded but didn't have anything labeled. Very few are AdMech. Um, so your number isn't going to be very far off. And uh, not a lot of the big AdMech players are here this weekend um, that we've seen kind of playing around the U.S. Uh, ben Sherwin, who's been yeah. kind of doing really well in the Midwest. Uh, Mark Hartel. I don't see either of those names mm. here. Um, guys that have already started pulling out wins. Um, you know, last so week, I think... Four of the five events last week were won by AdMech, and mm. none of those guys are showing up. Um, the big name bringing AdMech um, is Colin McDade, who has yeah, been absolutely. playing um, Harlequins and uh, mixed Harlequins basically since the edition started. Um, so mm. him flipping to AdMech, I think, is a big sign. And he's a man that I would watch at this event. He's on home turf, which is always going to be an advantage when you know the, when you know the layout of the land. Um, he's an well, excellent not player. having to travel very far if that's what you mean that's actually a, a, yeah. a bit of a you know could play on the fatigue could play on the endurance mm. uh, of, of something going into this event with this many rounds it's that, a non-router uh, yeah it, for sure it can play a factor you, yeah, he doesn't have to stay in a hotel well maybe he does I don't know but like regardless like it's not a long trip um, and he, he is an excellent player that always puts mm. up results uh, playing arguably well statistically by far the best faction of the game right now um We'll have to see if he's had enough reps with it to to you know play it to its full potential. But uh, he's definitely someone to watch. Yeah, that lack of admech is, I think, the big surprising thing because uh, prior to this, um, yeah. they've already jumped up to being like eight nine percent of the meta, ten percent of the meta. Um, they're making well, up thirty percent of lists that are making it to that top table now. Mm. Um, well, exactly so right, mate. We've even tracked it on, that many. We've even tracked it on this. We saw this kind of uh, little bubbling away of AdMech on the first kind of, even the first three or four weeks of their Codex release. They they were still sitting at one of the minor, even the least represented factions going into some of these things. And Paul <laughs> even made a, made a remark and pointed out, like, this is the first time we've seen AdMech be the most numerous, apart from, you know, combined uh, Astartes, be the most numerous at events. And, but you, this is well off par. This is well off, off the run here. We're, we're talking about 14 Necrons, 13 Death Guard, 12 Sisters. Sisters almost doubling Necrons, actually doubling the representation of essentially the best faction in the game. Um, really interesting talking point. If Paul, you want to hit on yep. it as well. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the breakdown of attendees are for people that are local to the area. If this is just more of a representation of what they see in their local area that's made its way onto the tabletops here, which is you know, which is always going to be a factor when you're traveling. But then you know, you got the folks that they're coming into it is like they already know that they know the same things that we know about what's what's represented, what's making it, what's doing well, and then some of these players have the savvy to figure out how to beat it and so that could also have been influenced is that do you think that is why we might see have seen more necrons when mm. we might see more death guard is because of something like this well, I do know. This, oh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. So it'll certainly when we got when we talk about the so we are we're lucky enough to have a decent proportion of the top twenty in representation here. Almost a quarter of the top twenty players in the ITC are represented at this event. We're going to break down all their lists, and the first what covers the rack, Mr. Sean Naden, is Mr. Counter Meta uh, for this edition for the way he's been playing so far. He is the guy who counters the meta hardest. So we're definitely going to have something to unpack there. Sorry, Pete, you go. No, I was just going to say, when it comes to talking about local metas, um, when you look at Texan results um, over the last few months, Death Guard and Necrons, um, huge portions of that of that population. Um, there, there's a couple Death Guard players not even here from the Texas meta that are, that have performed very well. Um, I was I was hoping to see um, Joni. Uh, forgive me if I pronounce your name wrong. Johnny Velasquez, who's won a couple GTs um, with Death Guard already from the Texas meta. So, like, we do right. see a lot of Death Guard. We do see a lot of Necrons. Um, 
from from this area um but so that doesn't shock me uh necrons are extremely popular um like across the board it, maybe not pulling out the results that we love to see um for how popular the army is but um mm. it's it's really good to see them there sisters being as many as they are i think is very intriguing to me yeah um, me too and um you know you were talking about sean Naden number one bringing one of his patented eldari soup trickster combinations we'll talk about um john lennon number two in the itc bringing sisters man so. and he he told me i talked to him recently and he said look i'm my after how he had his well, after he had his ass handed to him a lot in the the stream house by uh, Mr. Siegel, he was like, "Man, I can't see any way I don't I don't end up taking ad, having to take Admech to a couple of events at least to keep mm-hmm. ma- maintain he stays in the hunt for those uh, those top scores in that podium finish he wants at the end of the season." But him play, taking sisters is ex- yeah absolutely is an extremely good talking point. I assumed he was taking Admech literally until I clicked on his list and I was like, "Wow, I'm actually happy to see he didn't." And I want to I want to talk about why. I think that the, the Necrons, maybe people are just trying to find that that kind of magic sauce or whatever, to, that combination of things that has the enough endurance to last and get where they want to be. Uh, you know, and, and I was actually talking with some buddies recently too. Is that you know you, the 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 Necrons can play a game where you have to come to them. Or they just can sit over there and kind of rack up points on their side of the table. And some of these field armies that we're talking about, like Agmec, are not necessarily designed to go and do that. So maybe it's kind of a, a, a in a what is it, the irresistible force meets the immovable object yeah. uh, type situation. And maybe the Necrons have enough endurance to hold out on top of that. There's a couple new unique uh, Necron builds um, that are starting to show up um, that do have play at least into Jukari. We'd have to see how they do into Admech. Yeah. Um, the Arcing right. Lot, um, which yep. is like going full Tesseract Arc, etc., or Doomsday Arc, um, and just relying on, you know... Uh, um, it's relying you know, on Quantum to get you past all the Dark Exactly, all that's what players, I was trying to yeah. say. Uh, right? And then you've got, um, you know, Warriors, I'm still on the menu, um, mm. although they've gotten rid of the Silent King. They're just like, who needs that guy? That's another 40 warriors I can take. He, he so seems like here. a big point sink right now. Like whereas before, I exactly. think he was had a, had a lot of play because of the, the the force multiplier that he was. But now he's just like, you know what? We're going to burn that thing down. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take. Exactly get, right. So we get rid of him. We take a reanimator. We just say, I'm going to take as many dudes as I can yep. and hope I can survive. And it's we're round. seeing it play out, like uh, winning the mission. Just saying, like you're going to table me on turn five, probably. But by then, I'll have scored so many points, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really intriguing to see how these Necron players do. Um, I'm excited to see it. Um, What's next on the menu? What do we got well, going Pete, on? Actually, let me, let, me, let me pick on that for just a bit, is that, you know, I mentioned the Silent King no longer being necessarily being the optimal choice because he can be r- reduced to ashes a little bit more quicker than he used to be. Are you seeing mm. that uh, play out with other large models? I mean, we, we've, I haven't seen Mortarion effectively on the table in a long time and, and possibly other things as well. Yeah, Mortarian's win rate tanked as soon as he lost the um, ability to be warp time. Warp times. Um, he was yep. already kind of doing minimally well in, in mono Death Guard uh, builds, um, but mixed, he had a really good win rate. Yeah, like nothing absolutely broken, but he was definitely uh, pulling it. We've seen a couple players manage to get to four and one um, with Mortarian builds. Um, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can kind of work out the special sauce to make that function. Um, you see you see this a lot with big stuff like Mortarians and Magnus and stuff. They either come in as a sole build, a build around, like Silent King. He's a build around um, mm-hmm. unit because he's like a quarter of your points. But then when that start losing power, they turn into the, they get into the gatekeeper role and they usually get propped up by things like warp time, external influences chucked on them to make them do something dynamic to keep them relevant. And now with Mortarian not having the warp time anymore, he's just a 
big point sink now. You just and, and the game needs a lot more bodies on the board. It needs a lot more MSU to stay in contention against things like Sisters, Admech, Drakari, and having so many points in one mod that can only kill one, maybe two things a turn. It's just not worth it. I, I yeah. like what you said there with the fact that they do they get into that. What we mean by the gatekeep role is that they they filter down to the middle tables to where they mm. someone that's going on a on a run that could possibly propel them into the the a a podium finish you know a third fourth place playing for a title of some kind. They're there to stop it. They they become the the gatekeeper for uh, the the first one two three finish. Yeah, uh, and then once but the game has gotten so killy. I think that they're even struggling in that. Uh, capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, mate. Let's talk about um, some of our, the players we have in attendance here. Just reeling off from the the top four players in the rankings we have, and the, all these four gentlemen are all in the top 20. We have Mr. Sean Naden in, as our first place player in the world in the ITC right now, playing Eldari. We'll get to his review in a moment. Then we have Mr. John Lennon in second. We're actually really excited to see both first and second slots represented at this event. If either of them go undefeated, like in this in this absolute gauntlet of a nine rounder be very impressed but you know naturally money will be on one of those two to come out on top then we have texas's own colin mcdade the man that pete said with the home field advantage he's our eighth represent he's in our eighth slot in the rankings playing admec i think i coined him as having the fat free admec build the single battalion build is his the kind of one he's mm-hmm. um zanded on we'll break that down one down as well and then we have junior Aflihi as our 15th spot um in the rankings playing blood angels and paul eyes yeah. just went bang let's let's talk about that too but you guys are ready to talk about nathan's I'll break it down for you. Yeah, go for it. Give it. Give All it right. to me. Starts off with a spearhead. Is custom craft world expert crafters and masterful shots. He has an auto auto skyrunner with laser lance, a farseer skyrunner with uh, guide doom and uh, shining spear. Of course, eight shadow specters, five shadow specters. I think it's four shining spears with an exarch with a star lance and expert hunter as the exarch power. Five sweeping hawks. Three Dark Reapers with long-ranged fire uh, with a Temps Launcher on the Exarch, which is, a, which is a shift for him we'll talk about as well. He's got three of those of exactly the same uh, with a Tempest Launcher on each. Um, and then he has three Shadow Weaver support batteries and a Night Spinner to round out that detachment. So that was a, a Spearhead, as I just said. Then he has a Patrol. This one is Soaring Spite, Surface Blood, of course. Um, he has a Troop Master, Choreographer of War, Darkness's Bite with a Fusion Pistol. Harlequin's Blade, um, Sky Strider, and a, his pivotal role with the Twilight Fang. Then he's got one, two units of troop with Harlequin's Embraces and some Caresses on each one, a single Death Jester with the Domino Shroud and Humbling Cruelty, two Star Weavers. That's the list. That is mm-hmm. very intriguing. Anybody got any hot takes? Well, I like the inclusion of the Shadow Spectres. It gives them some, a little mm-hmm. bit of a de- deployment shenanigans. It allows them to, they have a decent amount of like shots that they can pump out. Uh, and they're a unit that not everyone's familiar with because they come from the uh, Forge book. Very, very true. Paul, uh, sorry, Peter, you, you able to tell everybody what um, Expert Crafters and Masterful Shots may be? Um, uh, Expert Crafters is um, the... Oh, no. Man, I just rolled 10 <laughs> hours and I'm having one, the hardest time. It's, it's the one reroll to hit, one reroll to wound. One reroll yeah, to yeah. hit, one reroll to wound. So yeah. um, th- these guys are you know rerolling to hit, rerolling to wound, and ignoring cover. Yes. Uh, saves. So this this is definitely quite the damage dealing list. Um, mm-hmm. Sean's brought his favorite thing, which is something that could that has the decent chance of killing something out of line of sight in these shadow weavers um, and the dark reapers. That combo there is uh, perfect um, yeah. for dealing with um, small like MSU units trying to hide behind yeah, walls, etc. Yeah. Especially, and we're going to probably talk about this more than once um, at this event where it's player place terrain um, in your own deployments. Still, like yeah, this, to say, man. 
helps mm. so much with that. And then you have this Harlequin's detachment that is so fast. It is uh, very good in close combat. It's going to tie up those things that are going to get at his his beautiful shooty units, um, keep them all balled together. Um, this is just like typical Sean Dayton stuff. He just dropped his Drukari for Harlequin's is essentially what I'm seeing here. Exactly right. And so he's. I believe he has done that because of the meta shift to target Drakari. He's yes. avoided taking Raiders, he's avoided taking Incubi, he's avoided taking the known quantities people are expecting, and he's gone back to the jank tank, old reliable stuff that he knows he can get mileage out of, rather than walking into counters. And he always wants to stay on the fringe. That's why he's been so successful for so long. He stays on the fringe of the meta and takes the things that are that can do the same as what the good stuff does, but does some janky other stuff where it's not the, quite the as chat, There's a few advocates in the chat predicting that that will be the winner, this list will be the winner of the event. With player place possible. terrain... Yeah. So uh, I, this is one thing I just didn't think of until right now, because uh, are Tempest launches blast, guys? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I can't remember. Yes, yeah, so I can't remember. Please look that up for me, because that changes yeah. the, this list right now. Because this this is what this is possibly barring two two payload medicals. This is the best no line, line of sight shooting combination you can kind of have in the game at the moment. Uh, the Tempest common, launcher yeah. heavy two d six is blast. Yes. So he gets twelve shots per per Tempest launcher versus your twenty man um, Skatari units. 12 yes. shots per that ignore cover and they get a free roll to hit, free roll to wound. That's legit value. You cannot put a price on that in this meta. Yep. Sean, well done. Yep. And Night Spinner, Shadow Weavers, uh, no AP, but on sixes, negative four. That's huge against so many things. Um, so efficient for those sixes. Even then against so many other armies, you're like witches and stuff. You're just picking them up if your opponent tries to hide them. Um, yeah, like this, this really does work. And then all those fusion pistols and those troops... Um, you're going to be popping raiders before you get to eat mm. the stuff inside. Um, it's yeah, this is a very well tailored list, as, like as we've come to expect from Sean. Like I don't know anybody yeah. that looks at a Sean Dayton list and says, "I don't know what this." Well, a lot of people don't know what it does, but it's because you have to know how to put it all together. Um, exactly and, right. Like, Every like there are so many tools in this for every possible situation, mm. so it's beautiful. But, Love it. See, the thing is, apart from the no line of sight shooting things, he's essentially only got one of for all the rolls. He's got a big uh, shooting castle, and none of it's very mobile. The tempest launchers can be a bit mobile. You can tuck a couple in reserve if you want. Deep strike them down if you want. Um, and but apart from that, he's got a, he's got all these little pinch hitting things to play defense around, like the shadow specters, like the single unit of. Um, of shining spears like the single uh, beefy troop master as they've all got very unique different profiles on them for different jobs yep. i think it's very clever is um you get you get all spec scan don't you on um from for the shadow specters yeah which is what i think they're for i think they are there to deter sisters from slinging units in so you can't just shove repentia down his throat hey you're going to get auto dead from the shadow specters on the overwatch and the same thing for things like admech doing the lucius redeploy doing the infiltrator redeploy really zone you out stop you doing your scramblers stop you getting up in his face really clever pick yep i really like it you got a lot of tools i agree i agree with everything you just said we'll see what's the next list all right, jumping down, we have Mr. John Lennon's playing sisters, and, guys. And in this episode, if you're just joining us, we are talking about the LSO, the Lone Star Open for Online Gaming. That's going to be the focus of this uh, show. Yeah. Okay, Any other right. events that are happening this weekend? They're bad. Don't list, Don't pay attention to them. <laughs> well, so I, I, actually, I actually looked around, and uh, there's a bunch of GT-level events. There's a bunch of 30, 35-player events mm-hmm. going on. But um, and I, if there was another 60, 70-player event or something, we would have talked about it. We would have mentioned it. But because of there's such a gap, this is a big flagship nine-rounder. We've got to give it the time of day, especially when it's so yep. stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mr. John Lennon's up next. He's playing Sisters. It has a patrol detachment, uh, Order of the Bloody Rose, uh, Repentia Superior, and the No Force Org slot. Yep. Morven Vile, who's his warlord, of course, she has to be. Um, you know, Battle Sisters, Bare That's a good choice anyway, though. <laughs> yeah, well, can't go wrong with her. She's amazing value. Um, two units of eight Repentia, two units of five Zephyrum. Then it goes into an Outrider. This one is Evan Chalice. Um, he's got Celestine with her Gemini, of course. Uh, a unit of, I think it's nine Sacrosants with the Halberds. Uh, a Dogmata. Two units of Dominions, all with the Artifice of Stormbolters, those beautiful Strength 5 Stormbolters. Uh, sorry, uh, Damage 2 Stormbolters. Two units of Seraphim, each one of these with two Hand Flamers a pop. A unit of Retributors, sorry, two units of Retributors rather, each one with two Multi Melters, two Flamers, two Cherubs, and then two Rhinos, and get this, yeah? A Battle Sanctum. Yep. Player Place because... Terrain, guys. Yes. Sorry, Pete, you, you want to you, you unpack that a little bit more? What this thing does, what it adds, why it's good? I mean, battle, the Battle Sanctum is like the perfect piece of extra terrain that you can just pay 80 points to get, right? Like, no matter any other things it does for With you... With an upside. It has, it has effects too, right? Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, it is it is your piece of cover that is beautifully formed in every sh- uh, way, shape, and form. You can't Premium. play it at most events because um, of the the fortification rule where you cannot uh, deploy within three inches of any other piece of terrain. So you're, you're gambling if you do it anywhere else. Here at um, at the uh, Lone Star Open, because they've ruled that it's going to be player place terrain, you can free up that spot and you'd be like, "This is where my battle sanctum is going to go. I'm going to put mm-hmm. some crazy ass stuff in it, and you're going to ha- and you're just not going to be able to deal with it because of all the bonuses they're going to get from it. And really, the big thing is the cover slash not really obscuring, but obscuring because you can easily hide models in that thing if you yeah. wanted to, um, just because of the way the windows are placed, etc. It's it's a it's an excellent excellent piece of uh, piece of tech to have in any sisters list, and the only reason why people haven't been taking it is because it's a coin flip on any table as to where you're going to even be able to place it if you can place it at all. Um, exactly right. It, it's big, by the way. I don't know if anyone's yeah. seen this, but it's a size it's a sizable piece of terrain. If you when you have the ability to know that you're going to get value out of that for for nine games, you I mean it's eighty points Jeez. is it could be the game Mate, winner. That could be your MVP. You want, you want to do something funny? Sean Naden's list would pay 160 for this thing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we would bend Dude, over like, backwards to be able to have like could, a a premium if three you could put tier three ruin, units of guaranteed. dark reapers and something like that. Dude, oh, yeah. you could all three uh, just uh, your weavers platforms go behind, and then yeah, it's yep. beautiful. It would be beautiful for him. But yeah, yeah this thing is premium. John's well on the money with this list. I like what the halberds on the sacrosense. That that's another choice that I think people can get lured in by the damage too mm. of the of the mace uh, of the sacrosense. But the halberd I think is going to give you pound for pound better performance every time. Yeah, I 100% agree with that call as well because Repentia already have that damage two profile with better rent. And so why double down? Why not take the the you know essentially the power sword variant, the, the, the high strength with the high rend rather than going for the, the damage as well. So yeah, 100%, man. Agree. You get more wounds through and that damage one will accumulate. Oh, mm-hmm. and, but actually, let's talk about that. Is that the, the Repentia and the Zephyrum, you know, the, those, are, those are yesterday's news. What are they doing in this list? Well, they're still good. They still chop your absolute face off. And the thing is, I like min squads of Zephyrum now. We used to see, I used to see a lot of seven, eight, nine mans, sometimes even 10 mans, because you could put mm-hmm. enough buffs on them, they could go through anything. But as just a five man, as a harassing, um, small counter, counter charge unit, I think they're phenomenally good, phenomenally efficient for 90 points, because there is still enough relevant buffs on there that you can punch up. You punch up, you're not going to punch up to the moon and, and kill somebody's Death Star with a 10 man anymore. But a five man still goes into five infiltrators and absolutely smashes them to bits still goes into those um 
pick your Skatara unit still goes yep. into him, smashes him to bits. Um, the same as the Repentia. So the Repentia, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of service raiders around. There are a lot of infiltrators, rust stalkers around. Those Repentia go into them, hit them on fours, rerolling, wound them on twos, no say. So Iron Striders. I mean, because absolutely, the, yeah, yeah. Strength, strength six. Yep. They've got the perfect profile for the meta. Their delivery methods just aren't as good right now. Yeah, and so John just got rid of the delivery method. He's not bringing rhinos that they can go in, right? He's bring he's bringing he's got, his rhinos for his dominions. Yeah, and now he's got he's just got that repentia superior, and he's saying I'm going to advance mm. and charge these babies this way. Yeah. Um and once again, player place terrain helps a lot with this because he can set up the terrain in such a way that he knows the leapfrog. Mm. Yeah, this is where I can go. Like I can set up. Yeah, like you said, a leapfrog frog scenario where at least one of these Repentia units is going to be alive. Like unless he's yeah. going into something like Naden's List where it's got so much uh, out of line of sight fire. Um, mm. But this is this is like really key strategy here. Um, and like you said, the Zephyrim units so excellent at picking off side. They're so fast they can just you know hop around. Uh, they're very cheap at 90 points. So like, it's very easy for them to pick off a backfield objective um, or like you said, like five infiltrators, what have you to free up uh, mid space. And then this Heaven Chalice stuff, man. Um, like he's got his Sacrosense, that beautiful anvil unit that he can move right to the middle of the board if he needs to. Um, he's got these Dominion squads. Now you guys will have to help me here. Did FLG rule that you can double Dominion move in a Rhino? Or no? <sighs> What do you mean by do you double? Mean, yeah, because you you definitely get the ability to move with a Dominion yeah. in yeah. their transport. Yeah, it, for sure. Yeah. But if you have two Dominion units in a Rhino, some places rule you can do it twice because there's nothing that says <sighs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd lean on the uh, the FLG. Uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm uh, going to say plus, no. But John did bring two rhinos, so I mean, it, either way. But yes, uh, because there's technically rules is written. You could double move if you have two units of Dominions in a rhino. Um, really big shenanigan. I'm assuming he's not doing it because he's got two rhinos here. But just something to consider. Um, yep. Even yep. then, he's got that. He's got these two retributor squads that are getting maximum um, energy out of Evan Chalice as yes. well as a Seraphim. Because that um, cleansing fire strat uh, mm-hmm. that can do up to three mortal wounds, yeah. yeah, super money in this meta. Um, and he's he's definitely making sure he's getting that in. He's getting all those extra um, sixes from miracle dice off of being Evan Chalice, yeah, um, because he can discard one and make it a six. He's got the double sacred rights. Like Evan Chalice is kind of one of those sleeper um, orders. It's the great. Really it's it's the right? great. The great, lots of bits of tech. It's not straight yes. line powerful, but it's got lots of bits of tech. And if you're a good enough player like John is to activate them all in the same game, you get a hell of a lot of value. Yeah, to know um, when you know when to do it. That's the awareness, yeah. situational awareness of what you have in your bag of tricks. Exactly yeah. right. We're running out uh, of time though. What's what's next? Okay, so next one running down. We're just smashing these out. This is Colin McDade. This is the next iteration of what I'm coining as the fat-free Admech build. Single battalion goodness. Lucius, no messing about. Skatari Marshall, 45 points. Does far too much for 45 points. But he's the auto include. You have to take it. <laughs> yeah. Two, manip- two manipuli with, you know... Sure, uh, one also, uh, okay. Business yep. as usual. Yep. 80, 80 so uh, 40, 40 ranges, 40 vanguard in blocks mm-hmm. of 20. Sure. As you'd expect, no surprises. As usual, <laughs> Omnispecters, Omnispecters everywhere. A couple of guys have been upgraded with stuff. Um, two units of full grade electro priest, which I think is kind of becoming a little bit of his That's calling not card business now. As usual. That is a little spicy. It's Colin McDade's calling card. He's been using this to great effect. Um, I, this is this is new to his list. A single unit of five infiltrators, probably to give him ability to activate some more secondaries. Um, two units of three Ballastari and one single unit of seven service raiders, which I thought we saw before was that's where he's got the points for the infiltrators. I thought he 
get two units of five or even three units mm-hmm, of five. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. two Dune Riders to round this out. So just to encapsulate that, 80 infantry, two units of Laz Cannon Chickens, uh, two units of eight Fulgurites, which most likely go inside the Dune Riders, possibly with character support in there as well to keep the drops down. Not that that really matters. Um, and one pinch hitting unit of five Infiltrators. Um, these ones have Power Swords and Stub Carbines. I usually prefer to see the Flechettes and yeah. the Taser Goes, which makes me think they're just there for Action Monkey purposes. This um, list is actually is very similar to mine. You saw about a couple of characters. It's, I think we're going to see this. 500 points could go either direction in any aspect yeah. list, but that is a solid a solid core. Yeah. That, those th- I think those three cre- those three characters and those 80 bodies to just to make the core of this that first kind of thousand points um, is like almost nearly locked in at this point. And then it's yep. just which combination of Balistari or uh, which combination of uh, counter assault units and which combination of screening units you prefer. Your Stellan robots. Tell yep. you, yeah. there's more out there. <laughs> that's your babe, Paul. Uh, sorry, Pete. What are your thoughts? I mean, like, I want to make a snoring noise, but I don't want to offend Colin because, like, he's a good player. He's a good this dude. This is a great yeah. list. Unfortunately, like, this is where, like you said, this is like cookie cutter Admech. Um, he's mm. taking a few more Electro Priests than we're used to seeing. Like, a lot of the competitive lists are taking maybe one unit of Fulgurites or Corpus Kari. He's gone with two. I don't think yep. there's, like you guys said, there's a good 500 points of flex in any Admech list. Yeah. Um, and this ad list is so deep anyway, like you could say there's a thousand points of, of flex with, with no issue. Um, they have enough kind of busted stuff when you apply all the buffs to it. Um, I, like, I do love the list, the Cerberus Raiders. They're such a, like such a pain in the ass always not as bad as they used to be. They're still great at move blocking, still great at sniping a character if you need to, like a cheap skip. That's a good Marshall. number of, of ones to have, too, because they can actually, if you take just five or four or something, I think the minimum squad is three, yeah. you, you mm. really don't get, uh, you don't have the pressure. You're not no. actually going to scare somebody to redeploy their character in a way that they, exactly. they don't want to. So but seven, seven is a nice number. The math is mm. like, maybe I might lose that five wound character, four wound character. Exactly. Bellastari are fast attack slots. No, they're heavy supports, aren't they? Are they fast attack or heavy support? Bellastari are fast. Uh, yeah, yeah, they look no fast one. to yeah. me. They got so, long so, so that's the value assessment for him. He's got two, the two units of three Bellastari. He could have two units of three Raiders and one unit of five Bellastari. Save some more points, maybe get some more Infiltrators. Um, but he's made a value assessment that he thinks he's good enough where he is at the game right now that he doesn't need the screens as much because naturally um, what's probably going to be screening for him will be you know, hey, in a real If you just shoot everything coming at you dead, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly, no, no my screen man. If it, and he does have 80 bodies that for a turn can have a, like a zero plus or a one plus armor save. So exactly. I think he's, he's okay. Um, and the, he's okay and, for screens yeah, if he needs and, it. No, and the two Dune Riders, which he can leave empty and just chuck them yep. up the front if he needs, if needs be. They're yep. not that expensive. They're not that pivotal to his game plans. Like, they have 12 no shots. There. Uh, I think if you can get yeah. that, any kind of that volume of fire on that point investment and get that profile, they got a lot going for him. Look, mm. I don't want to spend too much time on the IMEG, but you know, grown if you'd like, but you know, this might be the big bad list. And, and listen, mm-hmm. and people have had know it exists, and they've come to take it down. And I want to see how they crack this nut over the course of the weekend. I'll be tuning in and seeing how well, it, it happens. Uh, Nathan's got the right profiles to do the job. And if if it's a prolonged shooting war, Nathan has the right profiles. If he has the right terrain to get a hell of a lot of work done here. And the aggressive elements that Colin has aren't things that can push into what Sean is doing. Things like things that he has like like eight eight uh Fulgurites without the Invuln, maybe even with the Invuln, can sometimes go down to just five um five Harlequins with a couple of buffs. So yep. things Oh things everything just, in that list kills that kills the unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. So 
it's going to be a really interesting, really, really interesting game, a couple of games. Same goes for John. John's got a great game into, into Admech for a lot of reasons, especially knowing that he's going to have one of the best possible terrain pieces in his deployment zone every single freaking game, um, knowing that he's not going to get dunked on. He's not going to get his army shot to absolute hell if he goes second. So yeah, there's a lot to be said here, but let's move on because we've got Paul's list. We've got Paul's favorite to talk about. We have a Blood Angels list. This is What's your name list? This is Junior Fleahy. He opens up with a patrol detachment. Uh, Blood Angels, of course, like I said, two company veterans with lightning claws and storm shields sitting in the no force org slot. A captain on bike uh, with Teeth of Terror, who is his warlord, with, who is also a chapter master with rights of war. Has an Inferno pistol, probably because he had some points left. Uh, it sounds five, like a point choice, yep. <laughs> yeah, five infiltrators. Uh, then he has a unit of Sangard. He has a five-man all with swords, which um, yep. might be interesting. Oh, we'll hit it over to Paul in a moment to discuss. Um, a unit of, I believe that is four plasma receptors yeah three. it's four plasma receptors three no it's 200 240 points oh no you're right you're right it's, it's 350 340 350 when you got yeah. uh, six so yeah three plasma receptors with plasma he's got a vanguard he has a primary chappie on bike what you'd expect there um a sanguinary priest which is chief apoth of course uh and then two three blade guard two relic contemptors with the volkites and two mm-hmm. more a sanguinary guard units. These ones also five mans. These ones have the axes and to round it out, one single unit of eradicators with heavy melter rifles. He's got a lot of stuff. You sometimes I, forget sometimes yeah, how much I love this list. Get. So this is this is dipping into the fact that, you, that Blood Angels are still a Codex Marine chapter. And so yeah. you know what? He's taking all that Codex Marine stuff that's working really well. Uh, and the Blade Guard. The Blade Guard work really well in this type of environment where we know yeah, the man. terrain's good. They can yep. sneak up around there. They've got their heroic intervention ability so they can just jump on out of this stuff they can really use the the terrain to their advantage and i think they're an excellent choice i think the the dreadnoughts are an excellent choice and then you've got this heavy punches from the sanguinary guard and the 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 company commanders i'm sorry the uh, and the chapter master and and i know we made a joke about the inferno pistol but Really, that character you're going to have be up in harm's way. They could conceivably yep. find themselves standing right next to something that they can mm-hmm. shoot and burn it down and casually kill this thing and then rock it over to the other side of the table in assault yeah. and take something else down. So I mean, I, you, you, that putting some putting that kind of weapon on that kind of a ca- type of character, can you'll feel like a genius when it works. And, and here's the thing. Um, Blood Angel's biggest weakness right now is cracking vehicles before they can... Yeah. hit them with their yep. sticks, right? Um, Drukhari are a big problem for that. Uh, so so Junior's gone in and he's added these Relic Contemptors. Probably the worst faction, uh, Marine faction to use <laughs> Relic Contemptors, but Relic Contemptors are absolutely busted for their points. Like, still just good. the fact that you can exactly. back them and put them in the list. Yeah, you know? so you do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like every other Marine chapter makes them better, but Blood Angels need them because otherwise they're not going to crack um, a Raider exactly in time. Right. Um, because the Eradicators, while a great unit, um, hard to deliver, right? It's yeah. in this current meta. So, but also once again, terrain's going to help with that. Um, if Junior plays the terrain game perfectly, he's got that. The three uh, Inceptors, uh, Junior loves to deep strike stuff because he's a crazy mm. person. Um, and I just, I, I bet he's deep striking those every game, um, every. Oh. Game he's popping them right by the t- the captain, so they're re-rolling blowing away something on the turn they come in um this is a really solid list i'm very intrigued i've been playing a lot of blood angels right now um the one thing i would love to see him do uh, which he didn't in this game is take the unkillable chaplain on bike that's what i was hoping when i saw the chaplain on bike that he was going to go that route because that's such a that unit is such a a problem solver but this is a solid list 
this is a solid list. I'm very intrigued to see how it he's plays. really I think he's, gone. He's, he's trying to build the tools. Yeah, he's, what he's trying yeah. to take is is that how do I function and and win a win a few games off just my list tech alone. I think is is what he maybe what he's hoping for here. Yeah. I, the Eradicators, I think those that's really of the entire list. I think that's kind of the the awkward choice. But maybe in his testing, he's figured out that he needs just X percent more punch, and that's what yep. gives it to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do want to say there's a bit of a, <laughs> I don't want to take credit for this, but uh, a lot of people have talked about Marines, um, the over and under investment of Marine bodies. And I think Junior's list is now a great proponent of this. Nothing over, nothing over, essentially nothing over 160 points. Not a, not one single unit in his army is over 160 points, barring the um, the Inceptors. The Inceptors are 240. I, like um, I love that philosophy as well. If you have those big units of Vanguard, those big units of Terminators, you just don't have the board state to win games consistently against all this MSU stuff. We learned that versus um, Drakari and it'll be a double down upon now with Sisters playing essentially a similar style. With uh, And then with the Admech issue, if you ever want to get into, if you ever get forced into a trading war, you lose every time. Every single time. Yeah, yeah cool. I've got, th- I've got three Blade Guard on an objective. You have to shoot at minimum of a 190 point unit of Vanguard to take them off. Cool, there were 100 points. Don't care. You would have killed 200 points if I put it on there with that same unit. You could have killed 300 points if I put it on there with that same unit. Yep. Why give them the option? Take all the air out of their sails. Don't let them trade up. I think it's a great perspective to go through. I think this is a perfect breakdown. Uh, the only one I, I, I would have thought would be would have been good for this meta and good for good for them was a unit of Vanguard Vets. Uh, even just a five-man Vanguard Vets. I was interesting that he, he had so the, the double down. That's yeah, actually what so I was thinking in my mind of like where you trade out the Eradicators. But yeah. he does... Yeah. You know, He's 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 kind of, um, I guess, proxied them a bit with the company veterans. Is yeah, to a degree. Yeah, Yeah. but like that squad of vanguard vets. I mean, I love the ten with the mastercraft of thunderhammer. I think that oh yeah, as your sergeant, (laughs) that is that is absolutely brutal. But I mean, even just all lightning claw storm shield, um, Mm. even taking five, they do so much work. But like we said, I think he's just looking for another ranged attack for that kind of mid game. Um, especially in a place, I mean, he's been using these eradicators, uh, all over the place over in California. He's been doing very, he's probably the only person in the world right now making blood angels work to any degree. Yeah. Um, so you know what, if he's yeah, doing well, it, yeah, he's figured something out. Exactly. You, you right. do it. You do you junior. You're a beautiful man. Don't, uh, well, don't be mad him. at me for all those times I said that you're in a weak meta. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, we'll so, see, man. We got to talk about this. Don't run away from that, Pete. List. Predict yeah. his predict his win. How, how many wins? How many losses are you going to take in this event? Okay, junior, do it. Junior? Yeah, throw and it up. Not, Give us a- in nine rounds. In nine mm-hmm. rounds. But he, like he does, not everybody plays the nine rounds, right? No, no, no. Give us six. six. Give us out of six. The first six. I think he's going to go four and two. I think junior goes four and two. Oh, okay, Paul. I, our, to, our I mean, he's still five and one, but I think he's four and two. What do you reckon he makes, Paul? Uh, I look, I'm, I'm, you can't go against. Sometimes the numbers don't lie, and Pete knows the numbers, so I got, I got to back that, back that up. I'll go five and one. I'll put him down for a five and one. I yeah, I don't it. think it's out of the. I don't think if he went five and one, like I wouldn't go outside and throw up because I'd be so surprised. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely went well within and his range. Yeah. Like he's top tabled so many events, big yeah, events, man. right? Yeah. Uh, Junior knows how to play this game. So like nothing is out of the question. He could go one and five. That would probably make me throw up, but for other reasons. Um, anyway. Let's talk about this orc list before we run down the Fuego Rapido. Yeah, sure. Well, we've got two more lists we want to try and run through. We won't give these guys as much time as, as we did the, the top lads. Well, but we want to. Interesting... We're just running out of it. We only have an hour it, show. It, 
Yeah, well, there's two, there's two lists I pulled out just at random. I pulled out an orc list because I seen what, what I wanted to put some info out there about what, what orcs are taking right now, and then we'll revisit it in a couple of events, a couple of episodes, and we'll go like, this is what orcs are with the book. This one is uh, by Christian Rice. Big shout out to Christian there. Hope you have a great event, mate. Uh, he's playing a, a battalion. He's got Goths, Big Mech and Megarama, Gazgul, freaking Thracker. Why not? For 300 points, he actually looks really good for 300 points in the current he's, meta. He, look, he's never not been good. It's just what you That's build right. around him. You know, it's, uh... yep. Well, but when you talk about these linchpin units like your Magnuses, your Mortys, your um, Silent Kings not being worth it because there's so many points, at 300, guys, is plum, can't, You perfect. can't burn him down, though, at the same, right. at the same rate. Thing. Yeah, exactly. And he is plum for the points. 300 for what he brings, amazing. Um, he's got three units, uh, sorry, two units of 30 boys. A unit of 20 Gretchen. Uh, Meganobs, a unit of three Meganobs. Sorry, two units of three Meganobs with Kill Source paired up, of course. Then he has a Pain Boy. Then he has a Patrol Detachment. This one is Evil Sons. He has a Weird Boss with the Jump and with Warped with Warpath in addition, of course. A second Weird Boy with the Jump because you always double down. Um, mm-hmm. And then two more 30 man Orc Boys units. These ones being Evil Sons. So I'm guessing they're going for the the seven, the, the eight entry rollables um, from the Deep Strike mm-hmm. to put the pressure on. And another uh, and unit of Gretchen. You, if you do the Jump, you know, that's. Uh... Yep, just yeah. helps you to jump. It's, this, it's... this is the whole army. So it's 120 yep. orc boys, three units, oh, sorry, four units of 30 boys, two units of small mega knobs, um, Gaz, and some supporting stuff, some Gretchen and stuff to hold the backfield. Yep. Interested they went for such big squads of Gretchen. Is that because Gaz's ability to make them not run? I didn't think, I'm not sure if it affected uh, Grotz. Uh, not even sure. Not sure that that's, I think it's just he wanted more bodies. If yeah, I would, yeah and mind, they're honest. a bad exchange, like you were talking about. You don't, yep. you don't want to fire your your big cannon at them. You don't want to fire your, your 40 shots or whatever coming or, or 80 shots coming out of a, a unit that you want, that you want directed towards gas to get his, make sure you get his four wounds off or the anything else. Like you, you just, there's not a good exchange. Yeah, what well, that's what, that's, what, right that's what I was getting at. I like the number of grots he has. I'm surprised they're 20 mans. I, I thought I would have thought you'd break them down as many 10 mans as you got, so you can spread yeah. your influence on objectives. Because um, you know, you know what, you know what, Sean Nathan's gonna love to see ah, 20 grots, two, yeah. two of my tempest launches gone <laughs> you know take pick them all up hit them no, hit them on this is yeah, going to yeah. be a rough road this is going to be a rough walk for the orcs right this now is a, this is I, a rough I, meta for this build i think but but i it like is. what he took because yeah. if 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 a few things go right then you're able to put, put a lot of pressure from a to jump or something like that coming out of you know essentially nowhere uh surprising folks uh with that and then maybe you can position yourself to where mm-hmm. you are start you build up a lead on points and then are able to maintain that lead because they're they're you're they're having to fight on your rules uh you know in the in the early rounds of the game yep i mean or this I- is one of the last chances we're going to have for like green tide and things like mm-hmm. that to work the way they currently do. Uh, the Goth Horde did really well early eighth edition or early ninth edition. Um, it's a hard list to play though, so I'm really I'm really hoping uh, Christian been, has been putting in the the reps yeah, because was, this yeah. is a very hard list to play well. But when it is played well, when you watch a person play a Goth Horde mm-hmm. like properly, it is so it is mesmerizing how mm, like how really well they can control the board. Um, they lose everything by the end of the game, but they win because just like when we were talking about with Necrons, Necrons. they just win on points. Yeah. Anyway. We, we had a question. Is that if gas starts showing up more, does that mean the Nightbringer should start showing up more? Uh, are they no, even, because are they you're going to bring your crap conversions. I don't want to see your crap conversion. <laughs> Everybody with their crap Nightbringer conversion. It's, no, stop it. Model oh, choices man. aside, are those two, are those two uh, units comparable? So this is where they get different, though. The Nightbringer doesn't buff anybody. Gazgold buffs 
everybody. He is a force multiplier in addition to being an absolute skull cruncher. Um, the Catan is a skull cruncher. Runs out, he'll kill just about anything in the game. Doesn't add you any external benefits to your army. And that's where they differentiate, which I think guys, wise guys will always be more value. Um, in, in, in that comparison, at least in that vacuum. Not saying that brings bad. That dude is not bad. He costs more points than guys, though. Last I remember. Yep. Is that correct, guys? He costs more points and does less. Yeah, does less for your army than Gaz. May kill better than Gaz because he has the mortals in addition. But those mortals can be inconsistent, and some a lot more people are having uh, saves against mortals as well. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Gaz wins that comparison hands down. But who knows? You know that might be a paradigm we start seeing these unkillable linchpin models might come back in a big way. Three seventy uh, for the neighboring. Again, I just want. I oh, know Jesus. we were trying to get to the next list, oh. but I wanted to always oh, encourage. The chat. Thank right. you for the, thank you for oh. those comments and and questions and. And stuff for getting yeah. seventy points more. He doesn't Drop kill it. that much better than Gaz. James Gaz Workshop. Does, oh, James rough. James down. Lower the down. points on the Nightbringer. Do it Do today, it. right James. now. Okay. Uh, so, um, one more list, please. Let me. It's okay. Silence, one more. Then we're going right we'll, to the we'll repeater. We'll go. We'll go quick. Uh, this is Landon Lines uh, Battalion. Sorry, Patrol. Rather, he has a single Tempestus Prime here. Then he has three units of ten uh, Scions. Uh, one with hotshot with four hotshot volleys, two with uh, four plasma guns and a plasma pistol in each. Then he has three freaking Valkyries, all with advanced countermeasures and two rocket pods uh, <laughs> and a las cannon. Sorry. Then he has another patrol. This one also landed lines. Another Tempestus Prime. Three more ten mans. Two with melter guns. Another one with hotshot volleys. An officer of the fleet. Two Avenger strike fighters. Two Torox Primes with missiles and auto cannons. I freaking love this list. Wow. When I pulled this up, I was like, Mr. Brian Pacewalt? Clap sure. for you, my man. Wow. You're a champion. You. You're I a love champion. Lambda Lions are my favorite um, Scions uh, unit for a lot of reasons. Um, they've got pro they've got an awesome relic in that refractor field. Their uh, Warlord trait's amazing because it's a way yeah, to get real rerolls. Um Hotshot volley guns doing mortals um, and, and getting the plus one strength, so they're um, you know wounding things like, like nobody else really can. Plasma gun, the extra AP, like they've got everything on mass. Not sure if this is the list I'd play, but you know what? Yeah, it is. It 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 fills yeah. a meme part of my heart because yeah. So I'll say it. this: this list is like mega Warhammer forty thousand. Yeah, like, it so is, is. You know, it's it looks awesome. Oh. It, it it's it's styled to the lore exactly. Uh, I, it is going to struggle with the with some of the. See, it's like I just think the it's going to struggle with some of the things it's going to face. Yep. And so, gotta hope for a gotta hope for an open run. He needs some open I, field. I uh, just I just want this guy to walk in in like, you know, khaki uh, cargo shorts, pick up a, an eighties boombox, hit flight of the Valkyries, deploy his army. Do it. Mwah, do it. You're a legend. Do it. Officer right. of the fleet. What a guy. Anyway, what a, what a champ. All right, let's do this. Yep. All right, we're going to bring up the Fuego Rapido. I know, look, production, what's going on? Get it together. <laughs> look, All we actually it. have production, which is amazing. So uh, I know, we are, we are very privileged. And he's been working his ass off. For those that are following along at home, Richard and Val are both yeah. at, the L at the LSO crunching their nuts to get this thing set up for this stream. Uh, I'm starting start doing some, some credits. Richard is... Richard is naked from the waist up. You can't. You guys can't see him. Covered in sweat right now. Like we can see him behind the scenes right now. He's just. Reese had him lifting tables earlier. Like yeah. oh, he's a he's a machine. All hands he's a, on deck. He's a beast yeah. of burden. Yeah, that's what he is. He really is. Uh, 
But yeah, I don't, know, so, I don't know if we have an intro for this. So, uh, Pete, I need you to say Fuego Rapido uh, in your most uh, alluring intro voice. Fuego Rapido. I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. All right, here we go. So when the clock starts, I'll start us with our first category. Here we go. Will orcs really shake things up? And I think we're talking about the new orcs here. What have, what have people heard about the new orcs? Do you think it's going to make an impact on the tournament scene? Yes. Uh, Pete, we'll start with you. Okay. Yes. They're going to wreck so much stuff other than Nadmech. They're so good. It's uh, unbelievable. They have some really bad units, though. So you're going to you're going to see a lot of people making some really shitty lists, pardon my language. Oh. But <laughs> like the but like the good lists, they're so good. I played against somebody running some stuff and I was like I don't want to do this anymore. Adam, they're so good. They will. That so they're going to shake things up. They're not going to topple Admech is is my gut feeling as well, same as Pete. They are literally going to change the way Every other army has to play, though, and may change yes. the way Admech has to play. I think Admech has to take far more aggressive elements. They can't just take 120 rangers. Orcs are just going to run straight through that if you give them a mm-hmm. chance, and they're going to they're going to trade up into you now, which is good. So I think we're going to see a lot more five mans, a lot more ten mans, those rangers. But I expect them. To, I expect the Admech to just pivot straight into MSU and start really doubling down on that Book of Fire stuff. That I think is going to put them over the top and keep them on top of those orcs. Anything yep. that we can release into the ecosystem that keeps things fresh and, and evolving. And I think that the art players, especially with, just with seemingly the volume of units they're going to get, uh, they're going to be trying some new things that are going to change things. So will they're they, scary. I think the question is, will they really shake things up? I think the answer is yes. They're going to have both yeah. that new yeah. codex feel coming to them. So people are not going to necessarily know exactly how to prepare for them. And they are getting uh, just a, a bevy of different styles is what, you know, at least what it seems. Best thing I can say about this is, is that their strats are, feel like you need to have a single detachment. They are very liberated in the fact that you can go double a triple triple detachment if you want and get a crap load of tech into your list. You you have to really, I yeah. think, because like their war bosses are so strong. The Squigasaur war boss can be basically uh, unkillable, so and you can make we'll two of them. Come back to this. Anyway. We're out of time, out of so time. Good. If you could delete one faction from the game, uh, why is it always Tau? <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. How did this get in there? That's my Adam. question. <laughs> because deleting Tau would literally change nothing for any storyline that had ever ever affected anything that actually mattered in the fluff. If you deleted Tau, nothing would change. Oh, uh, I got some theories for you that I would really would, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Pete, you got Peter? a comment? I'm just I'm really I'm sad that it has to be Tau. Get rid of Chaos Space Marine. No one cares. <laughs> No one cares about Chaos Space Marines anymore. No one, oh no one has cared oh. about them for twenty years. What's interesting? So if you talk to any Chaos Space Marine player since Alan is going to watch this. No one has cared. Alan about is going to watch this back and be furious. We do have what? <laughs> who is this Alan guy? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who I've never heard of him either. <laughs> Love this you, mate. Obligatory you mention baby, of, right. of noise marines. So we have to talk about the the uh, Slanesh noise marines. Oh, Paul, if you, actually, if you could delay one faction, Paul. See, I don't, I don't want to delete any of them because, because uh, I, uh, I, I think that, no, I have struggled with this. Like, especially you talk about, you know, some of these factions were created after I started playing 40 K. So even though that was, you know, t- you know, how many years ago did some of these like Tau and Necrons become part of the, the, uh, the, the tapestry of 40 K they're still new to me. And if you were to ask me like, oh, they're just. Yeah, whatever. They're the they're the the uh, the Johnny Come Lately of factions, but even though they've existed for three decades, two and a half decades, or whatever. <laughs> it's, Je- it's, Je- it's, Je- 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 yeah, 
I'm, yeah, uh, get rid of yeah. Geller pucks. Get rid of them. Yeah. 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 No, I'm squats trying... have to come. They're coming. Right. Richard, squats Richard, are coming. Our producer just, just said squats, and me and, Paul, me and Pete were just like outraged. No, shut up. <laughs> 2022, squats uh, are coming. Be aware. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, those All are right, some of the next models. Yeah, the, uh... All right. So uh, make a good cost there being a good guy in 40K. Yeah. Yeah. Make a case yeah. for it. Who make a take case. Away? Pete, we'll start with you on like this one. A good guy faction or just a yeah. singular person? Yeah, yeah. Make faction. a case for there being a good guy. For, is is oh, there no, a, 40, a good guy in 40K? I don't think there should be. I think yeah. that everybody needs to be a little bit bad. And then there, there just needs to be good elements within it. Like, that's just how the world works, guys. Like, come on. This isn't some Disney uh, Channel fiesta we got going on here. There, I don't think there should be any faction that's no, like – fully good we, well, we saw it with tau when tau got released way back in in the middle ages when paul was um you know just hitting his his stride bought his first car um back in the 1400s um oh. like tau were the good guy faction they hadn't there was nothing bad about them and everybody yeah. hated it because they were just too goody goody and so then they were like well maybe they got pheromones guys and then everyone's like, yeah, there we go. Pheromones. <laughs> Screw you, Tau. Farsight. This guy's good, though. Everybody else is bad. Yeah, Let me exactly break what they did. Exactly host what they did. protocol here and jump in because what, what, I, what I think what every, the grim dark being what it is is that, you know, the, the, the machines that get that make everything happen, you know, they're, they're, that can't be done uh, all pristine and, and without a little bit of, uh, of bad wrapped in there. But that what's, that's some of what makes these pockets of heroism that we see from some of these characters this and Lauren stuff so freaking amazing. Yes. I'm going to make the case for two factions. Not because they're good, but they stay true to themselves. Tyrannies and Orcs. They're only bad by our definition of bad. They're just doing what they do. They're just going about their business, enjoying their life to the best of their ability. Who are we to say that's wrong, guys? Who are we to say that's evil? Yeah. I'd say Tyranids probably are the most pure. Uh, the most pure. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, because remember in the recent Blood Angels lore, they've added some stuff that makes it seem like maybe not the, the no. Tyranids aren't. <laughs> but but we'll have orcs, to come back to that one too. Orcs we, definitely. Orcs, yeah, definitely orcs, are, the, orcs are the true good guys. guys yes. I'll give you that. Orcs are the good guys of 40K. Continue. Bam. Um, so how many highlight layers is too many? This is four. a rough question. Yeah. yeah. yeah four. This is a rough question. You, you do, I will you, say you, when, when I'm watching tutorials and they get to like that fourth step, I'm like, this, we're the same color, guys. We just going with the top coat. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, I don't know I'm what you guys are doing. I'm Matt spraying this. I'm going home. <laughs> I know that my, my top coat is, uh, what is it? You know, um, the, Wasdocker red or whatever, mm -hmm. and that's same. We're we going we're going to get it there, <laughs> and I don't yep. know if we need all this depth that you've got there. I find th it depends on the model. I find three sometimes too many. I find uh, like I'm painting Cadian infantry. Yeah, sometimes yeah. one's too many. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, black is the only one where you really need to go like a million you, layers. You need to to for black. Yeah. You need to. If if you've lost like clock a, on this one, so we could just talk forever. Yeah, that's um, how it works. So your so your Mephiston Paul, this would be a good example. How many yep. highlights on his armor? So that, that that's a little bit of a different story with characters. You know, you definitely. I that's you, that's why you, I wanted to use that as an example. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that you tr you you try your best to not make your edge highlight 
super chunky. But if we're talking about layers, getting red on, getting that bright red actually does take several very thin layers of it. Yep. So after you get your put your base coat of Mephiston red on Mephiston, although Mephiston is actually based pr- primarily in corn red, I don't know if that's some subtle stuff or not, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it actually is corn red. But for his armor, that is Mephiston red. And then to get the the layer, the red that you want, I like a very bright red. I like it to look almost angry and, and really be visible from, from uh, several feet away off the table. And you need, sometimes you need four, six, seven layers of that red before you even go to the edge highlight. But it's, it's real, so it's real thin. Yeah, you need to be really- able to like wipe your finger across it and leave a smudge. That's how thick it needs to be. <laughs> It's right. real, real, real thin layers uh, to get the get that red that you want. So seven is too many. Four <laughs> is probably just enough. Rank and file two. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. All right. So, uh, which chaos god would you offer your soul to in exchange for demonhood, Adam? Oh, Slanesh. <laughs> obvious reasons i'm a man i'm a man of pleasures all right i couldn't do it i like i like my i like my comforts i like my comforts i like i I like what i like i i hate the feeling of chaps on my body i wouldn't be able to do slanish not even for a second do you You have one that makes you do you do you have one that makes you a question i mean if i had to like if you were like you gotta do it man it would probably like (laughs) There's the cheap out answer, and you say something like Malal, and you're like, "Yeah, now I'm super oh, yeah. and cool That's what from I was the gonna, 90s. Dude, I legit, I write that question down. I'm like, I'm gonna say Malal like a freaking yeah. hipster snowflake. Yeah. Super grog. Like, nah. like no, nobody. Well, in what the if chat. that is There's my one answer? Grognard what if it is my actual like, heart answer? But like Malal's super cool because he's the chaos god that hates chaos. He's got a vanity, man. Yeah. Or if I had to choose from like the normal ones, it'd be Zeech because you know secrets and brains and stuff i guess the end like that's the other ones don't appeal to me is that because you're an analytical dude you want to understand stuff and like see no, i'm more? just a really good liar and i want to get better at it i think sick deception yeah, fair enough. Right? I, have to, I have to say nurgle although i hate what it would do to this whole situation uh yeah but, uh, don't ruin yeah. that face nah, man. <laughs> but uh but nurgle's what's at. i think nurgle nurgle plays the long game I uh, can beat Zinch any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. It definitely <laughs> stomps the other two. Love it. All right. So let's, we actually, we close it out and go to the next topic. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you paint eyes? I actually got some sage advice from a great painter. Uh, actually, this is, this is one of the, I asked Duncan Rhodes, how do you paint eyes? He says, don't. <laughs> <laughs> obviously he was talking about you know just the the rank and file type troops and stuff and uh you know because we do uh, on on the ftn show we do a segment called finishing moves and that's what the whole thing was like yo what's a you know i thought eyes teaching somebody how to play eyes or paint eyes uh would be a great little tip to things and he's like just don't do it on everyone because it's really easy to make them all kind of googly eyed <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but uh, but i think I you I think you do paint. You should paint eyes on uh, the, the characters you want the most attention to, or sometimes to test yourself. When you're doing these things, hobby is is a personal challenge, and I think that you you try to do that. 
you elevate your own painting one model at a time. And when you're sitting there at your own hobby desk, no one has to see it. You can paint the eyes. One could be going that way. One could be going the other way. And then you, you paint over it. You do it over again. Uh, if you really want to learn like how I actually paint eyes is I go in uh, with a dot of black in the center and I clean it up with white on either mm-hmm. side. And then I go in my skin tone because I've never gotten this exactly right, by the way. I go in with it with whatever flesh tone was around and I clean it up that way. And you yep. can typically do that with your highlight color uh, that you were doing the flesh. And then it all looks uniform. And then if you really, really mess it up, whatever, whatever wash you used to go on the face, uh, if you get it really thin, you can go in and it'll hide a lot of sins yeah. that you did with the eyes. This guy gets it. That's what I do. All of that, except uh, except for psychers. Psychers always do like just white with a glaze, uh, yeah. blue, or red, blue or red glaze on the on the uh, corners, um, and it just makes it look like he's got like the crackle of power. Um, mm. That's that's my go to. Uh, but yeah, normally it's the black dot and then clean up clean up the outsides. That's our segment. We've run it down. We actually been over time. We ran down the rapid fire segment. I could I see what y'all did to me in that last one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but this is look, the chat has been absolutely explosive. We really appreciate uh everyone coming in and spending that time with us watching us live. If you are watching us not live, uh please leave some comments on whatever you're finding this. Please sub- subscribe, like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Leave us some five-star reviews if you in iTunes or whatever they do in Spotify. I think that we're I think we're everywhere the frontline gaming network distribution stuff is. So uh, if you leave these five-star reviews, leave some comments. That's a way that people that you can engage with the show and, and it helps the algorithms fire off and help other people find us while we're doing this. And, you know, we couldn't do it without you guys. You're beautiful. beautiful. All of you, except the Nightbringer guy. Get yourself <laughs> yeah. together. Well, Pete, thank you for joining us this episode. I hope that you come back and do some more with us. Adam is always is, is, is a uh, pleasure uh, to do this with you. Absolutely, uh, man. You actually put together, I did, I did do some credits. So um, you actually help write the show notes in the back to keep us on track, are produced by by Rich in the booth. Uh, yes, we have a booth. I don't, I don't know why I'm pointing anywhere. It's not like it's a, it's a virtual booth. <laughs> anyway. uh, but sorry. Uh, yeah, and Adam, I think you were going to plug something um, you're doing this weekend. Yeah. Um, the LSO is open this weekend. We've got men on the ground, Richard and Val being our producers. We're going to have three days of coverage of all the tables of this event. Rolling coverage starting from, I think it's uh, 9 or 10 a.m. Dallas time, whichever that may be. That's 1 a.m. for me. And you'll see me live there from 1 a.m. And uh, I believe this morning it's going to be me and Pete doing day one. And then it's going to be me and I think Dustin Henshaw for day two. And then me and the scarred one, Scary, uh, doing day three. So please tune in on FLG uh, on this YouTube of on Twitch, wherever you may find us, watch us back, give us love, give us likes. We're going to be putting all these gentlemen through their paces verbally and trying to give all the goodness to you guys at home so you guys can join in, feel part of the community, especially if you may be somewhere in the world who may be locked down, not able to enjoy 40K yourself, wherever you may be. That's going to be some awesome coverage. Tune in for it. Thanks for joining us. We will see you all next week, next Thursday. Hit that bell. Uh, We're going to be live again, normal time. See you then, guys. Bye-bye. See ya.